The previous Mishnah taught that once a person has been killed by Beistin, they cannot be buried in a regular graveyard with their ancestors and family plots. Rather, there were two graveyards designated for the Beistin to use to bury people who were killed by the Beistin, who had been given this death penalty. A Rosha cannot be buried together with a Tzaddik. However, this Mishnah tells us that this Akala Bosar, once the flesh of that person has decayed, then they would gather the bones, the Kovinos Mun and indeed bury those bones in the regular plot, in a regular graveyard where they would have been buried. Once all of his flesh has decayed, we consider it to be that he has received his full atonement. And there is no longer a problem to bury him in a regular graveyard. The relatives of the person who was killed, and now we're really talking about when the death penalty is delivered. As soon as the person is killed, and they bury him in the Bastin's graveyard for the meanwhile, so the relatives of that person, who in a general case would be obligated to mourn for the person who had died, the one of the seven closest relatives, we're about to learn that in this case they wouldn't mourn. However, they would come, bottom, they would come, and they would ask of the welfare of the judges and the witnesses who had testified against this person, in order to send the message and to say, that we haven't got anything against you in our hearts, because you judged a true judgment, and this is what the Torah requires, and we are not against it. Now, they wouldn't say this explicitly. All they would do is just ask of their welfare. The implication is that they agree and they understand that all of this is what the Torah requires. But they wouldn't say it explicitly in order to preserve the honor slightly of the person who had died. And they would not mourn. The laws of mourning would not apply to the person who had been killed, to the relatives of that person. Because like we just mentioned, only once his flesh has been decayed has his atonement been fully achieved. And until then he is still a Russia, and therefore they do not mourn over him. But they can feel sadness in their hearts, because this sadness is only in the heart, and they're not showing it outwardly, and that is permitted. And in fact, we learnt earlier on in this Perek that even Hashem himself, as it were, feels pain and sadness when he is killed. So certainly the relatives are able to do so. The first Shemishnah of this Perek continue to discuss the procedure of the various death penalties which are given. And first, with an introduction, there are four different death penalties which were given over to Bastin to punish people depending on which Averis they did. And they are listed here in the order of how severe they are. Skila, stoning or pushing him off the cliff. Serefa, burning. Hereg, executing cutting off his head with a sword, vochenek, and strangulation. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says the order is slightly different. Sreifa skila, burning is more severe than stoning, and then chenek vohereg, strangulation, which is more severe than being beheaded with a sword. Now, what difference does it make what's considered more severe? The answer is, if somebody violated two Averis, for example, for which he is liable to two different death penalties, he will receive the more severe one. He can't be killed in two different ways, obviously. All right? And the Mishnah says, This, meaning everything which we've described in the previous Perek, is the procedure of fulfilling the mitzvah of stoning the person. And Mishnah Base now describes mitzvah the mitzvah of carrying out the death penalty of burning. How exactly was that done? This was not done by burning him at the stake, by burning him alive and setting him on fire. 
It's learnt from the Pesukim, which talk about Nodav and Avihu, when they entered into the Beis HaMikdash, into the Mishkan, and they were killed by a fire coming down. There we see that they were burnt from their inside. And so too, the same applies when the Beistin kills someone with Strafar. And also, the way that the Beistin do it is a far, far quicker way of killing him. So it would cause him less pain. So what exactly was the procedure? They would sink the person into manure until his knees. The manure was sticky, and it was very difficult to move about in that manure. So this way, he would be kept still while he is being killed. And we're going to see that they would open his mouth and pour boiling hot lead down his throat. That would kill him very quickly. Now, in order to open his mouth, they would put a hard piece of material, a hard sort of scarf, inside a, a softer scarf, and wrap it around his neck. One person would pull one end of the scarf, the other one would pull the other end of the scarf, until he opens his mouth. The reason why they would use the, this hard scarf and a soft scarf is because only if it was hard, the material, would it force his mouth open. However, if it was true, if they would only use a hard one, that might end up choking him or causing him harm to his neck, and all we're trying to do is to open his mouth, and therefore they would cover it with a softer scarf. And then, they would set fire to a piece of lead, and throw it into his mouth, and it would go, the boiling hot lead, which was now in liquid form, would go down into his stomach, and totally burn up his intestines, and this is how they would fulfill the mitzvah of Sarifa. Rabbi Huda says, I agree that that is the way to fulfill the mitzvah of Sarifa, However, the way that you are suggesting to open his mouth, I disagree with, because there is a danger that they'll pull a bit too hard, and they'll end up strangling him. We're going to learn in the next Mishnah that the way that they would actually fulfill the mitzvah of strangling somebody, that death penalty would be done in that way exactly. They would tie this scarf around him and pull and pull and pull until he dies. So Rabbi Huda says there is a danger that in this case they might end up pulling a bit too hard, and he'll end up being killed by strangulation before he is actually burnt. If he would die in their hands while they are pulling the scarf, they wouldn't have fulfilled the mitzvah of burning him. Rather, how would they open his mouth? Rather, they would open his mouth with tongs against his will. They would force his mouth open. And then, they would lit, uh, set fire to the piece of lead, it would turn into a liquid, boiling hot form of lead, they would throw it into his mouth, into his mouth, it would go down into his stomach, and burn up his intestines. Alright, Omar Ben Sodik says, there was a story with a daughter of a Koyen who committed adultery. The punishment for such a sin is Sreifa, that she is burnt. And how did the base then kill her? They surrounded her with bundles of branches, and they burnt her like that. They burnt her at the stake. They set fire to the branches and to her body. So we see that that is the way that the Sreifa needs to be fulfilled. Omruloi, the Chachonim, said to him, They killed her like that because the Beistin of that time were not experts. There was act- it was actually a Beistin of Tzadokim, of people who did not accept Toshimah Peh. And they only accepted the Toshimah Sav, what is written literally in the Torah. And they killed them like that. But we have a tradition, and part of Toshimah Peh says that that is not the way that they are killed. And you cannot bring a proof from a Beistin who didn't observe the Torah properly. 
Mr. Gimbals, we've gone through Skila and Srefa. The next most severe death penalty, at least according to the Chachomim in Mishnah Aleph, is Mitzvah's Haneherogim, the Mitzvah of carrying out the death penalty of those who are, whose head is beheaded. They would cut off his head with a sword whilst he is standing up, just like the Roman kingdom, that was a practice over there, when they would kill somebody, that's how they would do it. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Nivel who's there. This is considered to be a big disgrace for one of two reasons. Firstly, if you're killing him while he is standing up, that means his head falls down from standing height. That is considered to be a huge disgrace, and so it should not be done like that. As well as this, it's also a disgrace a bit to the Torah to kill him in the same way as the non-Jewish Roman Empire would kill people. It's prohibited to follow the practices of the non-Jews. And so Rehuda says it should be done in a, in a different way to how they do it. Rather, they would place his head down on a stump, which would be much lower down, and they would chop off his head with an axe. And this is done, this is in a different way to how the non-Jewish empire would do it. said to There's no more disgraceful death than this. Chopping his head off with an axe, a bit like an animal. That's considered to be a much greater disgrace for him, and so certainly it should not be done like that. Alright, and finally, Mitzvah the Mitzvah of carrying out the procedure of those who need to be strangled. Once again, they would sink him into manure up until his knees, so that he wouldn't be moving about and they could fulfill the Mitzvah properly. And they would place a hard piece of material, a scarf, inside a softer one, and wrap it around his neck, one person would pull the scarf from this side, the other one would pull it from the other side, until he, until his soul leaves him, meaning until he dies. It should be noted that the people who would pull the scarf, both in this case of Chenek and in the case of Srefa when he is burnt, it would be the witnesses. Just like with Skila, it's the witness who pushes him off the cliff, of the building, or the, and it's the other witness who throws the stone on him, so too with these death penalties. The witnesses are the ones who need to carry it out, and therefore they are the ones to open his mouth, and in this case to actually strangle him and carry out the entire death penalty.